Hey, it's Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. What is Super Bowl Sunday like when you're the owner and CEO of one of the hottest sports books and casinos in the world? We find out in conversation with Derek Stevens. Welcome to the Guaranteed Money Podcast. My guest today doesn't even really need an introduction. You have one of the most Instagrammable, one of the most talked about hotels and sports books in Las Vegas, casino owner, developer, the CEO of Circus Sports, Derek Stevens. It is great to have you on Guaranteed Money, sir. Great, great to be on. Good to talk to you here today. Now, I want to tell you a quick story. I'm not sure if it's going to come across as, as kissing your ass, and I'm okay with that if it is. I remember the first time I met you. It was back in 2016. You did a boxing event called Knockout at the D. I flew all the way from Toronto, Canada. I sat outside. I watched a great night of fights. I thought it was one of the most phenomenal events I'd ever attended. I met you inside the lobby of the D Hotel. You were gracious. You were kind. You found out I was Canadian, and maybe that helped in some way. You invited me and a buddy of mine to one of the parties that was going on. You were a tremendous host, and it was, it was just amazing to watch your trajectory when it comes to Circa and all the things you've done. So for that moment, because you you gave me that impression, maybe if it, you didn't, this wouldn't be happening, but thank you. Well, I appreciate, appreciate that. Yeah, we had, uh, that was a great little series called Knockout Night. It was. We had, uh, we did that uh, like 12 fight uh, series and uh, we had Roy Jones Jr. as, uh, as um, uh, the promoter. And boy, we had some great fights in there. Um, uh, quite a few guys had some of their first fights of their careers, and and a few of those a uh, few of those kids now have turned into world champs. So that was pretty cool. I, you know, I love sports. I love uh, I I love trying to create something, and uh, and that series was uh, was pretty cool to do out, outside. You know, outside in Vegas, it just uh, it was just pretty good. Now I will tell you that night, me and my buddy were sitting ringside. We had one too, well, he had one too many cocktails by the pool. Not me. I was I was on best behavior. We were sitting next to a former welterweight champ who I will not name, but he was there with his wife. My buddy was sitting next to his wife. He starts to chat up this this boxer's wife, this champ's wife. She goes to use the restroom. My friend goes to get another cocktail. Champ leans into me and says, "You think you could sit next to my wife? I don't want your buddy talking to her to her that much." Yeah, I'm sure that probably happened. I yeah. I, I don't know which former former welterweight champ it was because we had a lot of them there. But uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, good story. All right, let's talk a little bit about Super Bowl Fifty Six in Vegas. What's the atmosphere right now? What is the buzz like around Circa? Yeah, you know, I mean, going to the game is one thing, uh, but being in Vegas is a whole other story. I'm a little bit biased uh, towards being in Vegas. I think I've been to Vegas now. I think probably 24 out of the last 25 years um, I've been in Vegas for the Super Bowl. And uh, um, the one year I did it go is when I went to the one, when I went to the game in Detroit, cause I, I got some tickets over there, but I, I love Vegas for Super Bowl, the energy, the excitement, um, whether you're um, a fan of one of the teams plan um, or not, it's really an event. Um, I've seen, you know, the Super Bowls in Vegas really evolve. I mean, uh, you know, 25 years ago, it was more of a guy's trip type of thing. But sure. now it's now it's sure. um, probably pretty equal between male, female. Um, it's it's an event and and uh, no better place, no better you know location to put on a big, big time event than Vegas. I mean, the parties around town are 
are uh, are just wonderful to ridiculous, and uh, I think everybody's excited. I mean, and Super Bowl is not just a three and a half hour game. Uh, right. In Vegas, Super Bowl is a five day weekend. Um, you know, it starts. Uh, it's really starting. Um, starts Thursday. You know, Thursday people start rolling in. And it doesn't end until Tuesday, so it's a uh, it's it's a huge impact on Vegas. And uh, you know, just 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 myself and our companies, we're throwing seven seven separate wow and wow. distinct Super Bowl parties of all different sizes. All right, tell us a little bit about them. I know you've got the big one outdoors. I saw the aerial footage. What else do you have going on when it comes to the other parties? Yeah, we've got um, you know we've got uh, four. Uh, casino VIP parties that range anywhere in size from 150 up to 750. And that's, you know, all dependent upon like what, what level party you go to, all the catered food and the big screens and, and, uh, things like that. And we've got, um, we've got, uh, four retail, we have four retail parties as well. Um, we've got Bar Canada for about 200 people. That's at the D. We've got the Detroit Ballroom for 400 people. Uh, then we've got Stadium Swim, which is um, falls into the class of ridiculous and unbelievable and, <laughs> and Instagrammable and all that. So we'll have uh, a few thousand people up the Stadium Swim um, for a real high-end outdoor party. And then uh, what you mentioned before, the Downtown Las Vegas Event Center, we'll have uh, over 8,000 people at that party um, on, uh, on Sunday. First time you laid your eyes on Stadium Swim, you must have thought to yourself, we've hit a home run here. Well, you know, we uh, we did a lot of trial and error at the event center. So we tried this and, you know, we brought pools in and things like that. So I was fortunate enough to be here when the first steel beams got placed there. And, and uh, I just felt it, you know, growing the whole time. So, yeah, all of Stadium Swim came about with uh, basically myself, uh, my wife, Nicole, our, our buddies, We'd go out drinking and we'd start sketching, and we uh we all just started sketching on paper, backs of uh backs of uh you know receipts, napkins, things <laughs> like that, and and it really evolved over the course of a few years. So it was really myself and a, and a group of about oh I'd say seventy of us that we went out and hit uh hit a lot of pool parties for a couple of years all over the Southwest, and and um, really we tried to develop something that that we wanted to. Uh, we wanted to be at, you know, I hang around people that like to bet sports, people that love sports, people love events. And sure. uh, we took everybody's sure. comments and like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And, and a whole lot of sketches later, uh, Stadium Swim was born. Let's talk about the squares, because it may have just started out as fun in games, but it's turned into something big when it comes to Circa offering what people would refer to in their living room or in their man cave as the Super Bowl square board. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, you know, this was something that was an evolution as well. You know, when we started throwing these big, big, uh, big, big game bashes, what ended up happening, we would always run these squares boards. And, you know, we started off doing 10 boards and then we did 20 boards. And then, you know, we, we did it in different ranges, like a $20 board, $50 board, $100 board. And no matter how many boards we had, no, no matter what we, what we raised the price to, they all sold out. People just wanted more. Well, you know, it's legal to run a board here in Vegas as long as you don't take a whole percentage. So we were really doing it as amenity to the guests. And the the only issue was when you're running like 30 boards, 
you know, you can't, you, you really can't have more than one board per person. They got to hold the money. They got to, they got to mark it down and all that. So it took like an extra, you know, 30 people to run these boards. We're like, this is crazy. We got to, the demand for this, it's, it's, it's insatiable. It's unbelievable. So we, we created this idea of, uh, let's come up with, um, a new product, um, based upon squares a bit. But what we did is we trademarked circus squares and, and what we did is we created, uh, a scenario where we put odds on every combination and very similar That's to smart. maybe a futures pool. That's smart. We, uh, we, we set the odds and then, and the odds changed based upon all the bets come in. Um, we knew there was a lot of demand for squares. Um, we were, um, happily surprised the first year. We were shocked in year two, um, on the volume of circus squares. And, and, uh, you know, this year we just expected to continue to explode. You see, this is what I love, evolving, trying new things, not being able, not being afraid to fail. There are, are people nowadays that would describe Vegas as, Vegas as very corporate, but you seem to zig when everyone else zags. What prompts you to go against the grain? In this case, you're talking about offering an old school experience. That's been your brand. But why do you lean into those type of things when others seem to turn away? Yeah, you know, I would say in general, um, probably... One thing, one thing is worth knowing is I'm I'm a pretty conservative guy when it comes to uh, balance sheet and things like that. Um, I, so I've never really thought I've I've taken that much risk uh, because I feel pretty pretty good with our team, uh, you know. And, and 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 in doing so, you know, even in building Circa, I think it was harder for me to convince some bankers and lenders and, and, and others to say, Hey, this thing's going to work. And everybody like looking at me like, eh, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> realize I, I mean, almost every recommendation I had was don't do it. Don't do it. But um, I never really felt the same, you know, level of risk. And I guess you kind of get the benefit of that when, when you get to be, you know, a, an owner of a company and, and you feel really good about your team. And, and where you're going and you feel good about the market and you feel good about, you know, who your customer is, knowing your customer. So I really never viewed it as, as risky as most, but because I felt very confident and obviously more confident than maybe many outsiders did on the future of the Fremont Street experience, the future of downtown Vegas, the future of Vegas as a whole and the future of sports betting. You know, I, I've, I've always, I mean, I've been betting on sports for. A long, long time, more than three decades. And, and for me, it was always something that I thought that, you know, was, was something that was going to continue to grow. And with the legalization of sports betting, which I thought was going to happen, you know, at some point sure. down the road, sure. I certainly wasn't planning on it happening, you know, a couple of years after we designed this, but, but I, I certainly thought with the legalization of sports betting and people loving using their phones for all types of things that this was going to happen. And, uh, yeah, having a sports, you know, kind of a sports-centric uh, hotel casino resort, uh, the timing was great. Now, with that legalization, do you have any fear that the sheen will come off of Las Vegas, that if I can sit in my living room and use my phone to bet, that somehow Vegas isn't a place for me anymore? No, no, not at all. I'm quite the opposite, uh, to, be, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I, love, I love the fact that, you know, just recently New York legalized sports wagering. Um, you know, we saw when New Jersey did, um, it was great. You know, Illinois now, now, you know, 20 some states, uh, have legalized sports wagering. This is a good thing for Vegas. It's not, uh, it's not something that, um, is going to cannibalize any business in Vegas. And the reason is, is that, 
I think, you know, what you're seeing in, in national media, you're just seeing a lot more, a lot more discussion about, about sports. You're seeing more discussion about point spreads. And when you do that, you create more interest on behalf of, of the people that are regular sports gamblers or, or people that are new sports gamblers. It, it gets people more, more interested. Um, more people will know who Joe Burrow and Matt Stafford are <laughs> this Sunday than what, um, you know, the average person would have known about quarterbacks, you know, 15 years ago, if you had some new quarterbacks in the mix. So I think, I think the proliferation of, of sports talk on television has been good. It's been great for owners, great for leagues. It's great for media companies. And it's, I think it's great for fans. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that sports is the medium that sports is the, 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 the one, um, area that everyone wants to watch live. Um, you know, the days of, uh, must see TV on Thursday nights on NBC where you changed your life and you changed your schedule to watch Thursday night TV, maybe from eight o'clock. Sure, sure. Those days are over now. Now everybody's got a DVR recorder, you know, but nobody's going to, nobody's, you know, walking up to you or me like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go to the park on uh Sunday. I'm going to record this. I'm going to watch it on Monday. So don't tell me what happened. I mean, nobody does that. Everybody wants to do that. Now it's just become this great thing that, that it, it, it brings people together. And I, that's why I think this Super Bowl is going to be really the biggest ever in, on, on many levels on, on handle for sure. That's a layup, but, um, I don't know, a handful of things, just parties, events and, you know, after, you know, there's been so much pent up demand for people to get out of the house over the last couple of years. I think sure. we're just fired up sure. about getting together and having a good time with their friends, their family and uh, and making some bets. You've also gone the other way when it comes to Circa, when it comes to who can place a bet. You don't seem to shy away from sharp customers, while other books solely cater to, to recreational players, even if, if it means you know churning and burning that customer base. Why are you not afraid to take sharp action and, and really sort of lean right into it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's some, some um, thought process or humility in it with Matt Metcalf and, 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 our, and our sports team and you know, our, our management team in general that... I think it's um, it's it would be it would be very very cavalier. It would be very um, cocky to think that the market's not better than than we would be. Um, we don't want to we don't want to uh, uh, limit the professional betters. Um, we'd rather work in conjunction with them. And you know, let's just say we got fifty guys that beat us for half a million a year. And they're making a living off, 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 by betting at circus sports. I uh, I don't really have any issue with that because because realize you know on those fifty guys or it could be ten guys or it could be a hundred guys, um, if they are making their plays and they're successful at the end of the year, they're making a good living. Um, realize that that we get the benefit of of their information and their analysis. Um, it's not possible to have uh, a team that can watch the Twitter feed of every Division One, Two, Three college basketball sure. writers' Twitter. Sure. It's not possible. We have to. You have to. You know, and, and information is so important. Um, it's just not possible to to beat the information that's out there. So we've always thought that working with the pros is is a good thing, and if he or she. Um, develops a reputation and can make a living betting at circus sports, that's great. 
we use the information, we adjust lines, and uh, and and you know our our goal is to get the volume in here so that we're able to balance uh, balance as close as we can. Now, obviously, when you take big bets, um, that leaves you exposed to um, a lot of big decisions every night. But but you know we've kind of got a, a pretty long term long term philosophy. We're not really sweating out how we do today or next week or you know next next quarter. Um, it's more about more about really developing the volume, developing the market. And utilizing the best the best customers um, from an information perspective. As we watch sports wagering grow across the United States, we've seen millions of marketing dollars poured into every corner of every state that has legalized. Do you think this is eventually going to shake out where we only have a few survivors left when it comes to the overall market? Um, you know, I don't know that there's only going to be a few survivors left. I, I think. Um, Think about it this way: um, in, in a different industry, in the restaurant business, um, you know, you're going to have everybody's going to have their favorite Italian restaurant, their fa- favorite Chinese restaurant, favorite fish house, favorite steakhouse, favorite hamburger joint, and and I think there's a there's a lot of room um, for uh, for for something similar in the sports book industry. I think I think not every sports book is for every customer, and not every customer is for every sports book. I think. I think um, you know every sports book really has the ability to develop its own niche. Um, you know, I think circus sports is great. Obviously, I'm biased, but I know we're not for everybody. I think I think you know DraftKings is great, but they're not for everybody. I think whether it's Caesars or points, but everyone everyone's going to find the right sports book that that suits their needs. Um, you know, some people are are pretty adamant about about jumping on. Um, the, the Mexican League soccer, you know, and that's not for yeah. everybody, but it's a big, big uh, business. Some people are big into, uh, you know, table tennis. Um, obviously, the you know the big, the, the big football, baseball, hockey, uh, that that type of thing. Everybody's got that, but you're going to find your own sports book. And I think I think um, it's important to have multiple outs. You don't want to have one out. I mean, sure. just like, you know, you might sure. have your favorite restaurant, but it doesn't mean you go to eat there every day. You know, you, you, you need to have a couple of a uh, couple of restaurants. You need to have a couple of sports books because you don't want to get locked in where you know all your money's in one account and that's the only account you go to because you know one place might have the Bengals minus four and a half, another one might have might have a minus three and a half, and you know it may not make a difference in one particular game or one particular decision, but certainly over the case of a season, it's going to have a big impact on your wallet. You mentioned you're still a sports better, and you've been a sports better your whole life. I-, I love to hear that. Super Bowl 56, have to ask the question, are you going to sprinkle a little? And if so, are you willing to tell our audience today who you've got your money with this weekend? I'm gonna, if I'm making a big play, I'm making a big play in the futures market. Yeah. And um, that gives me a season long of, uh, of entertainment and action. But now now being in the sports book business, you know, at kickoff time, I get sent a, I get sent a matrix. And I don't want to be sitting on a, you know, a two hundred thousand dollar bet on whether it's the Bengals or the Rams, and I get the text saying we're long a million and I'm on the wrong side where I got to catch myself. So, uh, so uh, no, at this point I'm usually generally betting on, betting on futures. Um, if I do make a bet in the Super Bowl, it will be within you know very very short time window to kick off. And yeah. uh, without trying to upset too many people, um, I would tell you, yeah. I, I've grown up. I'm a Detroit Lions diehard fan. 
Uh, the Lions have won one playoff game in my lifetime. Um, Detroit Lions fans are very, very loyal and appreciative for Matt Stafford and Kelly Stafford, what they did in the Detroit area community. So I think you got, you know, all the Rams fans obviously rooting for the Rams, but I think you got every every diehard Detroit Lions fan rooting for the Rams too. Where are you Super Bowl day and evening? Are you at these parties? Are you in the sports book on Super Bowl Sunday? <laughs> What's day your day like? pretty early on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, I'll be in the risk room early with the guys um, just getting the lay of the land. Um, you know, in, in Vegas, we do get an awful lot of money that comes in on Saturday and and. Saturday night uh, and throughout the night, we'll be uh, scouring for information on whether or not there's any bad stories that came out on Saturday night. Um, you know, and and here we really start taking some pretty big action about six a.m. so nine a.m. Eastern. So we'll kind of go through where where we uh, where we stand um, in the book and uh, what our goals are for the day. And after that, um, you know, I, I give them like the old Notre Dame deal of play like a champion today. And I walk out, you know, I make sure that it's core, it's uh, choreographed on, on uh, what time their food deliveries are is realize, you know, once these guys get into the zone and the zone starts a few hours before kick, you know, they sure. can't leave these chairs. I mean, they're looking at 90, 12 monitors each and, uh, and, uh, sure. there's, there's not a lot of breaks here, you know, so. We're going to be doing something pretty cool. We're going to be grading our props during the game uh, to uh, to allow people to get uh, to get their winning props back in action if they want, which is something pretty unique for for circus sports. Um, what a great idea! Nothing worse than a prop that's cash and you can't do anything with it until after the game. Right, right, right. Yeah, after I leave the risk room, then I'll, I'll be hitting all seven parties before they all open. And then I'll go back and do the loop to the seven parties again after they've opened. Um, um, so I kind of loop through them each twice and I will be sitting at my spot at, uh, at the underhang that's, uh, in our, in our sports book here at Circa. Uh, I'll get there right by, uh, right by about, uh, my, my, my game plan is to get there right at, uh, right at the national anthem. So I got about a three hour walk and kind of choreographed here to be able to do it. Um, and then I'm going to go up to stadium swim to watch the halftime show and uh, then back down to the sports book for the, for the rest of the game. God, I should have asked what your Monday is like, because I'm sure you're in bed for a bit. <laughs> Derek Stevens, owner and CEO of Circa. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. Have a great, uh, have a great Sunday. Have, have a great big game. See ya. Subscribe to guaranteed money, wherever you get your podcasts and find out more details at the Don't forget also to check out our YouTube channel for more content.